Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm here with Hannah Cranston from YouTube's Think Tank, and we're answering your questions so you can have the best sex and relationships possible. Topics include what to do when you don't like cuddling, what you don't know about blowjobs and STDs, how to improve a long-term sex life that's gone stale, and tips for a virgin's first time. All this and more. Thanks for listening. Back in January, I said goodbye to an old friend, my mattress. That mattress and I had been through a lot together. Ah, the memories. But I was in my new house and I knew it was time for a change. So I ordered a mattress from Casper.com. First of all, can I just say that ordering a mattress online was so much easier than going to a store, arranging delivery, wondering why they cost so much? Casper eliminates all of that. In a couple of days, my new mattress arrived in a box on my front porch. My Casper is so comfortable. It's just the right combination of support and bounce, and it uses a memory foam base with a breathable comfort layer on top. No springs, no strange sinking feeling when you lay down. Oh, and I had a guy sleepover recently, and per usual, we had a hot, sexy night. And the next morning, he told me that I gave him the most amazing night's sleep he's ever had. And I get it. I'm okay with that. I can't compete with Casper. So anyway, he got one too, and he won't shut up about how comfortable it is. I knew he'd love it. But if he didn't, it's okay. Casper has a 100-night trial period. They will pick it up for free and give him a full refund. With over 20,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it's no wonder Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Now, for a limited time, you can save $50 on your purchase. Just visit casper.com slash Emily and use code Emily at checkout. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com where you can easily subscribe to the podcast. I love when you subscribe and you can also review me on iTunes. I'd so appreciate your reviews. And we, uh, you know, we work hard here to give you really great shows, useful, insightful, new information. And, um, you know, I'd love a five star, but, you know, do, do what you will. I appreciate it. And also follow us on social media. It's at Sex with Emily across the board, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. And then what else do I want to tell you? I want you to go to sexwithemily.com slash podcast and you can see our entire show archive, summary notes, all the stuff we talk about in today's show. It will be really easy for you to follow along because you guys often email me like, what was that thing you said? Or what was that toy you mentioned? Or that article? It'll all be up there. And also subscribe to my weekly newsletter so you can stay in the know in all things sex and relationships. Also, you guys... Just so you know, week left of masturbation month, and I would you still have some time, you guys. You have until May 31st to email me your favorite masturbation routine. Do you have a special ritual, a toy that you just love? Do you have like a music or a scent or like something that really turns you on? Like, what do you do when you masturbate? Because we want to learn. We want to know. And if you submit that to me to feedback at sexwithelmy.com, if you're over 18, and you can submit it before midnight on May 31st. You can win a Masturbation Month prize. We'll be selecting winners. And my trusty team here at Sex with Emily will pick one for actually. You're going to get some very pleasurable packages, as I'm sure you can imagine. So, okay. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. I have a special guest here today. The beautiful and smart Hannah Cranston. Hi, Hannah. Hi, how this are you? So fun. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm, I'm good. so excited to be here. I know, it's super fun. Okay, so Hannah, if you don't know who Hannah is, which I can't imagine, she's the host and executive producer of YouTube's Think Tank and a regular guest host on The Young Turks, contributor to Huffington Post, Pop Sugar. What else? What, what don't you do, Hannah? I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. I think this is my first in-studio podcast. Really? I've done podcasts over the phone, but this is my first in-studio. Oh my God, this is so fun. I Welcome know. to my studio. 
Thank you. It is beautiful in here, guys. Thank you have to you. see this. Are there like pictures? You have pictures up on your not social media? Yeah, not well. Yeah, well, we take we do a lot of snaps during the show, and we do them after the show, also um, on Instagram and all that stuff. But we. No, you know, it's so funny. Okay, so in my mind, we moved here about a year ago, but I'm still, it took us a while. It was a white box and there was nothing here. So I feel like the outer area we've done, but this part, I still feel like it needs work, but I'm glad you, you know how it is. It's so close to my heart. Yeah, like, I no, feel like I'm, I'm glad you like it. I like beautiful. it too. Good so, vibes. So thank you. It is good vibes, right? That's what I want. Good vibes. Good energy, good vibes. I'm glad you're here. And I loved being on your show. It was for Valentine's Day mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel, which is crazy, like a bazillion downloads. Yeah, you did so well. There were so many views because you had so much great information to share. Thank we have to get you. you back on the show. I know. I would love to do that. And it was the Valentine's Day show. And we talked about what to do, what not to do, toys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, that was a good time. So I will come back. And you can follow her also, Hannah Cranston. C-R-E-N oh, I should spell because Hannah can spell like 16 ways mm, that's true it's true H-A-N-N-A-H C-R-E-N-S-T-O-N for Twitter and Instagram Hannah Cranston host for Facebook this is all going to be on our website so okay what the hell is going on with you What's the latest? Yeah, the latest is obviously doing Think Tank. Um, and you guys can check that out at youtube.com slash think tank, where we talk about basically whatever is going on in the news recently, uh, some current events uh, in the political sphere. Uh, and then I've been doing some fun Facebook videos for the Young Turks that really kind of delve into some more issues. Like today, I covered uh, mandatory minimums, but I've also been looking at like sanctuary cities and what really uh, these terms mean and how people can like learn more about what is being talked about uh, in the media. Well, I love that you do it in such a fun way too, because you're really fun to watch. You're smart, charismatic, and it's like there's so much going on now with politics for better or for worse. No, it's, I know it's mostly worse, but you make it very digestible for people. If they haven't been following, like just go check out Hannah and she'll tell you about it. And then she's like fun to watch and smart. So it's, it's Thanks, good. Emily. Yeah, I, I mean it. Yeah. I was just like watching, watch. I was laughing out loud. Yeah, I do that. I do that. So um, I laugh with you. So that's cool. So I would just check that out. And I want to talk to you about, there's so many things, but well, first of all, when I saw you last, you had just started dating someone, right? Mm-hmm. So you're... I'm seeing someone, the same guy okay. now. Got yes. it. Good, good, good. Because I wanted to talk to you about some... So like your generation, so millennials. Mm-hmm. You're a millennial. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a millennial. But I feel like this is this generation that everybody... We're spending more dollars than we ever have, I think, studying your generation for everything from like shopping habits to to you know, political views, but also a lot on sex and dating yeah, and relationships. Yeah. Everyone's like fascinated about how you guys, it's so either it's just so much more visible now because of all the apps and all that, or you guys are, I don't even know what it is, but there's an obsession with the fact that like, you know, that you guys aren't, ha- they're saying, you know, you're, you people not having relationships, you know, jumping right into sex, not even caring about relationships, but it's about sex or it's about, I don't know, like that, that relationships are like obsolete, mm-hmm. not for you. But what do you, I mean, do you, what's going on? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Why are we inter- all obsessed? It's, well, I mean, we're a great generation He's to so be fine. obsessed with about. <laughs> but I think it's really interesting because the thing is, is like we're actually having sex with fewer partners than generations prior. So I think it's sort of conflated, I guess, in the media with the fact that we do, don't have as much stigmas around sex. Um, so because we are a lot more open about sex and there's not all of these like sort of barriers and like confines trying to hold us in and, you know, women are allowed to be more free with sex and things like that now, uh, than they were. Um, I think that's where people get the idea that we're like, just like sleeping around. But in fact, like we we have fewer sexual partners, uh, than our parents' generation, right. no, which is really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. No, I find that really interesting because that, that is what's come out. It's not that you're, you're sleeping around. You might even just be, you know, maybe going on lots of going on a lot of different dates or dating sites, but not necessarily like having sex because it's, you're right. It's been around or you have a lot of information about it. Is that Mm -hmm. what you think it is? You're like, yeah, I could have sex at any time, but I'm kind of focused on my career. I'm focused on my friendships. Like, why do you think that that's not as much of a thing for you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for the gener for our generation, I think part of it is because more of us are going to school. So I think we're putting off that. And I think there is the internet, right? And so you're not as like, you don't have to be as, 
curious physically because you can sort of look at some of the information online. Um, and now we have better like comprehensive sex education, which shows that like people actually sort of delay sex anyway. Right. Um, so I think those are some of the reasons. That we're how was your sex much. education? Like, how did that look? Well, I went to a relatively liberal West Los Angeles private school. So my sex education was like very thorough, very comprehensive, uh, very sort of like pro-choice, all of that, which was great. Cause I, I mean, I went to an all girls school, right. so it was I mean, I had, I think I had a great, uh, sex education. Plus I had like really open parents. So whenever I had a question or anything like that, I would just sort of ask them and they were always, do you remember like your first question to them? I believe so. This is actually a very funny story. I will, I will share it. So, uh, I was at a friend's house when I was like in second grade and we came across her dad's like dirty magazine, his dad's porno magazine back when there were magazines. And she, we were looking through it and she explained to me, she goes, she thinks, she said, um, I think my dad has this cause he never sees my mom naked. And that like was like, well, I have a very naked household. So that to me like made no <laughs> California, sense. California, Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it made no sense to me. And so I explained it to my mom when I got home and she's like, well, honey, they have three children, so that's not the case. And then she sort of explained sex to me, you know, at a very young age. But I right. think because she was just so open with it and didn't try to like lie to me or like tell me some euphemism or anything like that. Right. Um, I always just had a very open that's relationship so with her. Yeah, it was super no, I healthy. I love it. That yeah, is yeah, funny. Yeah. She's like, you never get to see my mom. That's, a, that's a, the kid's mind. I love that. The way of like thinking about it, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And I love that. That is kind of a good attitude, though, for parents. It's like. And I'm going to be doing a lot more about this because my, one of my obsessions really is about educating young people around sex and mm-hmm. especially young girls because we're not told anything. I mean, I was told nothing. So even my parents, my, they were open. They were like, if you have questions, you can come talk to me. So I always felt I was open, but I feel like the big thing was I, I didn't even know what to ask until there was like a problem, meaning that my friends were like, you haven't had an orgasm yet. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, it didn't even occur to me to masturbate. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, I should try this. It just didn't come across in my head. So... Yeah, that's what happened to me. Uh, masturbation. Now I realize, whoa, what the hell was I missing? <laughs> and we are going to go shopping in the sex toy closet after, just so you know. All right. So I was watching your your videos mm-hmm. on YouTube because they're so fun. And oh, I literally was like, at the hour, I was like laughing, like, what are you doing? I'm like, she's so funny. But you did the one about five. So it is a lot of political. It's technology. You do a lot of stuff. But you also talk about sex and dating. Mm-hmm. And you talked about five things guys do that girls hate. Yeah, I, that was a, we had to really shorten that list. <laughs> exactly, right? Well, we can talk about what's missing from this list. And I think I kind of agree. I think this is really funny. So one of them was guys who were like, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I swear to God, I'm a good guy. It's if like, you have to say you're a good guy, you are not a good guy. Right? Yeah. If you feel like you got to lead with that, like there's something wrong. People are like, I'm really funny. I'm really funny. Don't you think I'm funny? Same thing. No, it's the same thing with, you know, certain leaders of the free world who are constantly talking about how much money they have and how great everybody is. Like if you really have to overcompensate that much, there might be something uh, underneath the surface there. Exactly. Exactly. And even on dating profiles and stuff, when guys are like, I'm a really good guy. And uh, you know, just like it's, there's so many, but we're going to get in dating apps soon, but I feel like that's like a buzz thing, right? Like if you say you're a good guy, and what else do guys do on the stand? My favorite thing is guys who will write like on dating apps and thing like, I'm a great guy, so like, don't be a whiny bitch or something like oh, that. And right. it's just like, whoa, that, that's a little ironic there. Exactly. That's what I was gonna, the guys who like diss women, right? Like, don't, yeah, exactly. And what's this whole, my friend's really upset right now because he says on all the apps, speaking of things that guys do, he's upset, upset because all these girls are going like, no hookups. I don't want to just hook up. People feel like they have to say that in their apps. And he's like, well, if they say they're not going to hook up, they probably will hook up. I don't know. I'm like, that's douchey, but yeah, I mean, I guess if it depends on the app because I think different apps have different sort of reputations. Um, and so I think if there's like an app that you're on that may have more of a hookup reputation and you are looking for something that's more serious, you don't want to be constantly bombarded but, with yeah, like, that's what I think too. But the fact that he was like, I doubt that women just like a lot of them yeah, don't say uh-huh. things like that, but don't, yeah, at least he wasn't saying on his app. Okay. So also putting other women down to lift up his girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, so I don't want to, if you talk about another woman, 
poorly, I think that is sort of like, especially if you're talking about like aesthetics or anything like that, I think that's an indication of your respect for women in general. Um, just like how you like look at a guy and how he treats your mom because that's how he's going to treat you. I think it's the same sort of thing. If you're looking at a guy who's critiquing a woman's appearance so harshly and negatively and specifically and too. specifically uh. yeah like i i think that's how they probably that's the lens that they're looking at you with and i don't think that is conducive to a positive relationship yeah, i absolutely agree and i think that's something to watch for women it's funny because my mom she didn't give me a ton of his advice but what she said was look at how he treats his mother and that's how he's gonna treat you did your mom tell you that yeah 100 yeah she said that and so i was like huh and it's really interesting like when i'm out with someone he's like yeah my mom saw my sister i don't really talk to her i'm like dude dude red flag mm-hmm. but then if he's like you know what I don't like here and this is like I think this is kind of an LA thing or maybe guys are just more vocal about it here and they didn't do it in other places but when they're like she's an 8 she's a 9 she's ten, like guys who rank nope. I know you guys are going to do that with each other but I don't want to hear it and so do you hear I don't want a guy to think about any woman in terms of a number exactly or a, a letter or none of it. I don't want any of that. Right. It's true. And also, I want to say to a lot of women, because I've had a lot of friends who've gone, gone through this, and it is a form of being like psychologically abusive. If you're mm-hmm. the guy who is criticizing your appearance or telling you that you dress differently or do something differently or like, you know, your skin's messed up or they're pointing things out to you, I just think that that is just a really bad sign to be in a relationship like that where there's a, this huge focus you know, women, we all can get concerned about it. We have our own insecurities, right? And we're trying to move, you know, it's not just about our looks. We're trying to, you know, we do our best to move through things and stay positive. So you're, you're the guy that's making you feel bad about this stuff in any way. I think you got to get out. Yeah, it's not I agree. No, I you're think too we don't even realize it. Sometimes it's sort of this insidious, you know, they're dropping these things and like years go by and they're like just shells of their former selves. So I think if women, if you're in a relationship and that sounds right to you right now, I just did you a favor. Yeah. Okay. This is another one of your ones. All my exes are crazy. Yeah, there's a common denominator there, bro. Right, exactly. Yeah. You are the common denominator. I feel like I can't meet a guy who said, who does, I feel like every guy says, yo, she was crazy. Like they don't even realize, it's like almost like, well, if she's my ex, therefore she's crazy. It's no. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a real big issue because like crazy is one of those terms that I think guys just sort of ascribe to women willy nilly because you don't often hear like, oh, my ex-boyfriend was crazy unless he was like legit a stalker. Right. But guys can just sort of apply crazy or bitch to women so willy-nilly. And obviously like there's so many detrimental effects of that in the way that it is I guess the way that it sort of describes and and disregards, you know, the entire like mental illness community and things like that. Right. Like it's just like a sick term that guys just it sort of is. use to to delegitimize women and whatever their needs might have been or whatever their issues might have been in a relationship. Like it's effed up. Exactly. Totally. And I think that if you guys are using that as your default, I think that you should stop and look inside because there's takes two in every relationship and you had a part in that in the demise of it. Like there was something that you did and she did and just didn't work together, but it's not because she was crazy. We don't believe you. And in fact, now you look crazy. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I think guys who talk a lot of shit about their ex-girlfriends in general, uh, I, I'd, I'm not into like, I think if you are such a, a person who can have like a loving and romantic relationship and then something, you know, goes awry and then you can turn around and say nasty things about them. That's not somebody who right. I want to be involved with. Absolutely. And same, same with women. Women do it too. Yeah, like you go on the date true, first date true. and you're like talking about your crazy act or whatever you say, like he was an asshole. He was a jerk. Like I just think, especially the first dates or first when you start dating someone like no need to like dredge up the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you wish was on this list that wasn't? Hmm. Anything come up? I'm trying to think girl, guys do that girls hate, hate so strong. There's so many. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying, trying to think. To like okay. One. I don't like when guys sit, well, okay, this is a personal thing, but when they pretend that they're not, I think there's this whole like casual playing it cool thing. So how about like this when guys are like, oh, I didn't check you out on Facebook or, or I didn't listen to, I have this whole thing where they like, oh, you have a podcast? I didn't listen to it. But then they say things where I know that they listened or they have done a deep dive maybe, but they pretend they don't know anything or they don't care. Does this happen to you if you... Yeah. So I've definitely had people who've like revealed later on that they like checked out my YouTube or checked out my social media, but tried to play it cool. Like just be honest with what you're doing. And I think that goes across the board, like from the, from the outset, like be honest if you've like snoop somebody, but also be honest, like if you're into somebody, guys try to play it cool, like right off the bat, be like, oh, I'm not really that interested. Can we talk about that? That's like the game playing. Yeah. I'm not a game player at all. 
Um, and that really just like rubs me the wrong way. Like the second I feel like you're starting to play games, like adios. Exactly. Do you yeah. feel like, okay, so I'm sure are your friends single dating kind of everything across yeah. the board? Yeah. So I'm sure you talk to your girlfriends Good about little it. Good Yeah. So I feel like there's this whole two, also because everything is texting now, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like there's this whole, even this is just the basic games, but don't double text. Mm-hmm. Wait as long. Have you heard of the like, wait? Yeah, you have to text. wait longer. No double texting. I heard one um, when I was dating uh, last year that you shouldn't have a date, like especially in the beginning on Fridays or Saturdays because those are like prime nights and you're going to indicate that you're too into the person or whatever. So dates have to be on Sunday nights or Tuesday nights. Right. No, no one wants to go on I Sunday. Work. I work. I'm sorry. Like I'm not having a date with you on a Sunday night. Exactly. Like, you, can, you can meet me on the weekend when I have free time. Thank you very much. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I just feel like it's, I mean, there's a, games have been, been around since the beginning of time, but I think that if you're with someone, you're just honest and you're yourself and you're with somebody and, you know, I think it just saves you a lot of time. I think mm-hmm. it makes us crazy. All these like, and also with texting, no one's really talking. So then there's all this stuff that's happening that we're not even understanding what the other person's saying and we jump to conclusions. So, yeah. and they're not always helpful. I've done a lot about talking about um, dating apps in the show mm-hmm. because I kind of feel like you can't go anywhere without people bringing them up. If you're single, no matter what, if you've been in a relationship for a while and you've just broken up with someone, you're like, what the hell is going on? I don't know how to use these apps. If you've you know, been married and maybe divorced, I have people who are like in their 40s, 30s, 20s, like 50s, everyone's using apps. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this interesting piece came out that talks about it, but it also gets into like relationships around sex and communication and all that stuff. So I wanted to talk to you about this. So this is our sex in the news. It's how dating apps have changed modern relationships. So... Sometimes it's hard to remember how single people met each other before dating apps like Tinder. Did we just go out to bars, just bang our friends when we accidentally lingered too long at the house party? That made me laugh. Because I'm like, yeah, that actually used to happen. I mean, I try to think back to, you know, I'm just started doing the dating apps. I think back to it, like it was all friends parties. If you went to a party, you were committed to that. You were at that party for the night. You'd meet your friends, friends of friends. And a lot of the apps do that because they show you your mutual friends and stuff. So that's one reason why it's changed though, because we go to a party, you might hook up at somebody. But now we're, a lot of us are swiping and we're on apps. So this says like the trend is we aren't really looking to date per se. So asking for a little help, finding a partner is hardly new. Where would Patty Stanger of the Millionaire Matchmaker fame be if we didn't need expert advice? And I think this is interesting. What Tinder changed, racking up 1.4 billion swipes a day, more than any other platform, like literally any other platform, was that it never actually said it was a dating app. So that's really smart marketing. It's like it killed the stigma of online dating, but not being about online dating. What do you think yeah. about that? No, I mean, I think that's really interesting, right? Because like for our parents' generation, like online dating is like such like if you don't have any other options, you've right. exhausted all of your she options. You had to go and, online. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so to, Tinder was that first sort of like, oh, I can just look at other people and it made it so much more simple and you didn't have to fill out like the online form and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think in a way it sort of like circumvented all of that stigma. Um, Now I think it has its own stigma with the whole hookup culture and the whole hookup aspect of it. Um, But I do think that this is, you know, spot on that it didn't, it was able to sort of like destigmatize sort of online dating apps um, by just like simplifying it. It's like simple, like you can just swipe wherever you are and just keep going, going, going. And I think the other thing is it says that um, women can be adventurous in any way she chooses. So since it wasn't called a dating app and you don't have to say, I'm looking for a relationship, you can just be like, I want to meet someone that you might figure out that you want to have a lesbian affair or like have a threesome or have, you know, maybe you want just friends. Or know? like you don't want to meet anybody. I mean, I think for every woman who's gone on these dating apps, like I think it is the best confidence boost in the world and it's fun and it's a game and like you can just talk with other people. Even if you don't want to meet up with them, I think that for a lot of people, that's an option. And I, I dig it. Did you did you ever you did the apps for you? Yeah. So when Tinder first came on the scene, I tried it. And that was like very overwhelming. Very, very quick. Tinder's like that's, that's a minefield. Right. right? Um, and then, you know, as I as I got older and more apps became available, I used uh, Bumble and then I think Hinge, Hinge. before they went under the 
like the tr- where'd change. they go they i think they do i think you have to pay for it now oh, or something. Okay. i actually have no idea yeah i did it for like a minute yeah yeah, yeah yeah so bumble i think was the one that i used most frequently when i was on the wasn't well, on like, dating scene it, right yeah. but it can be you know it can be overwhelming but it also says here so it's very efficient mm-hmm. so but you can also be because if it is a numbers game I mean, dating is a numbers game in the sense of you want to be out more you want to be meeting people even if you don't want to be on an app then that's fine, but still put yourself out there. Like mm-hmm. put yourself out there a few times a week, say yes to invites. I would say like, you know, the, you know those invites you get on Facebook that you might not go to, you're like, I wouldn't go to that. But then you're thinking, well, I'm single. I'm not meeting anybody. You could, that's a numbers game as well. You go to a party, you can meet a lot of people. But when you're on these apps, you're like, I could just keep swiping and swiping. So in a way it's efficient, but also it becomes like an addiction to novelty without substance. So you keep wanting to get these matches and matches and you're like, well, there's, I keep matching people and you get that serotonin rush, Mm -hmm. that dopamine high. And you're like, oh, I don't really need to like settle down. So kind of, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I I think it's twofold. I think that there is like the component of it that people who are using these dating apps actually are in more committed relationships than people who, you know, refuse to use dating apps, which is really interesting. And then I think the other component of it is, is something that Aziz Ansari talked about in his book, Modern Romance, which I loved. Such a good Um, book. Yeah. And so he said like, people are constantly looking for that bigger, better, right? You're constantly looking, okay, like I'm happy with this person, but is there something better online? Like, is there somebody who's taller, smarter, hotter, whatever it may right. be, whatever you're looking for. And so I think it's a double-edged sword. There. I do too. Yeah. I do too. I think like, and it's funny though, because I remember even before apps coming, and I feel like that was always an LA thing, but I think it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. The bigger, better deal. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming here like 10 years ago for work and you're like, oh yeah, everyone's looking for the bigger, better deal in LA. I think that's, you know, maybe that's everywhere, but also with the apps, there truly is. You get home from a date. That was a good date, but there's 30 more people I can match with. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't meet the the guy that I'm currently seeing on a dating app, but when I was doing the dating apps, um, if I what I started doing, which I think really helped me be more present with my dates, is that once I like swiped and I like was connecting with somebody and we were going to plan to go on a date, I stopped going on the app until like it you know dissipated. That's good. Um, yeah, because then you're not like talking with other people and it's right. distracting. Like you want to be present with that person, right? Um, and then if that doesn't work out, then you can go back on, but you don't want to have it not work out because you're like, oh, well, maybe this will work out with this guy or this Except, girl or whatever it may right, be. Right, because you're like, there's no like end game. You got to think about like, what do you want? And I understand also the dating, through the process of dating, you mm-hmm. do kind of learn what you like and what you want and what you don't want. Yeah. But then also eventually I think time to like maybe try being in a relationship and maybe that's not happening as much because it, we're not really prioritizing it. We're not really, we're just enjoying the dates. I don't know. Like what, do, what are your friends saying? Yeah, I mean, I think people I, I, I think people who just say like, oh, they, I just want to go on dates and just meet people. I think they're lying, frankly. <laughs> they, I don't want to tell my life story I think, again. I think, every, I think everybody really wants to actually meet somebody who they connect with, right? I think that, I mean, we can say that yeah. we want to date and we just want to have fun. But at the end of the day, like we don't want to be in, you know, in bed alone or alone, you know, going to the grocery store, whatever right. it may be. We want that partnership and we want that feeling of connection. And so I think that's at the core of especially people who are so overzealously claiming that they are only in it to just have fun. Have fun. Right. It's not that um, fun. Like, I don't want to tell you my life story. Can you fun. just Google it? Right. You know don't listen to my podcast, but you can Google my life story. <laughs> you know what's fun is watching Netflix on my couch. <laughs> like, right. that, that's fun. That Going on dating. <laughs> dating is not fun, but having somebody sit next to you and watch Netflix on my couch, that's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. It's so funny when I think about it. We broke up a while ago, like a year and a half now, a year and a half. And I haven't really, I just started dating again, like a few months ago. It wasn't because I was like home devastated. I mean, mm. he's awesome. It was it was an interesting breakup, but I mean, not like a horrible breakup, but I usually was always dating. And I was like, I'm going to take some time. And I actually did what I always advise people to do, um, which is after a breakup, take time to figure out what you want and prioritize and like just take some time for yourself. And I realized when I think back on our relationship, we did a lot of great things. So I'm like, I just want someone I can sit and watch TV with. And I know that's something we did other fun things, but I love cuddling on the couch. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't, right? That's not, no, no shame to that at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, okay, so, and then I've been dating, I was going to say, like, I've been dating, but I do find it a little overwhelming, but I'm, I've been talking about this a lot on the show, and I'm sorry, you guys, I'll be in a relationship soon, and I'll talk about that, perhaps. Um, do you, girl? Cl- I am doing me. Like, I'm not, again, I think it'd be nice to find someone, but I don't put that pressure on myself, either. 
Yeah. So I think I was always in relationships. Mm-hmm. So now it's a really interesting time. And I just think, but I think the date, I'm just sort of obsessed with the dating apps thing because I feel like people who are single and are confused by it and they don't want to do it. It's kind of like saying, I want to lose weight and like I'm eating healthier and I'm doing all these things, but you won't exercise and you won't go to the gym. Like I almost feel like this is this missing component of like, you should just try it. Like go on an app. You don't have to do everything on the app, but you still go out, but why not try it? Yeah, so, 100%. And, give you, and people ask me about it all the time. And then also the last point of this was the sex interview. So what mm-hmm. they said was during this match, uh, match.com says there's singles in America survey that a lot of young people now don't want to spend time going out with somebody unless they get to know them physically first. You can learn a lot about people between the sheets. Are they kind? Can they listen? Do they have a sense of humor? Millennials are using sex as an interview tool and even a courtship tool to jump start the relationship. Have you found that? I know that this not is for not me. You. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm very old school when it comes to this. It. Like old I want to build up. Yeah, I want to build up the relationship. I want that emotional connection, the talking, all of that stuff before I even get close to the the sexual component of the but relationship. But like I feel like, right. Okay. I And I'm the same way. Yeah. But these girls, like Jamie who works with me, she says, you know, she's like 23 and she's like, oh, I'm way more comfortable just having sex with a guy than mm-hmm. even talking to him. Like, I think I'd rather get to know that for, that feels comfortable and then I'm more comfortable talking. So I'm just wondering like, oh, so you're like this this millennial in the study. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely know people who want to, like, what's the phrase? Like, try, like, do a test run with the car before they buy it right. or, what you know, try the milk before they buy the cow. I don't know. There's like <laughs> right. some weird, there's got to be right. some weird right. analogy. Try I think I'm mixing. First. Sip the milk. Mixing I get them it, right. Why buy the cow if you get the milk for free? And then test drive the car before you buy it. Yeah, I mean, I know there's people like that and there's guys like that too. I've come across like when I was dating um, and I I move like very slow in that sphere and I remember a guy telling me, he was like, well, don't you think, don't you think that we could like connect more and like move to like the next part of relationship if we do have sex first? And I'm like, not for me. Right. But thanks for voicing that. <laughs> but you can do that with somebody else. You're more than welcome to. I'll right. see you later. Right. Exactly. Right. You're like, I'm out. Yeah. It's true. Right. That's yeah, I like that. But there's uh, people who think like that. Absolutely. And not not judging. But I also think that, you know, no judgment how people get along. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that works for you because you're like, I want to feel comfortable because it is true. I think before you're making like a really serious commitment to someone, you want to have an idea like how it feels to go for a ride on that pony yeah and that cow ride that pony if that's what makes <laughs> you want to see if it works and like is there chemistry and all that because that's like a really you know that's a really big thing but take it at your own pace and don't be pressured into sex and pressured into something because you feel like you should like check that box and i also think like that could almost sometimes like mess up your sex life a little bit because like if you're looking for chemistry and if you're looking for whatever you're looking for in a sexual relationship, I think some of that builds up with the emotional connection. It does. And like when you're talking about like what you enjoy and like things like that, and a lot of that comes with like comfort and like building a foundation that is sort of like intrinsic and having a more like, I don't want to say meaningful, but a more like well-rounded relationship. Absolutely. No, that is absolutely true. That it does, it does matter because I think also for women, especially for women that, the more like safe and comfortable we feel with someone and the more that we feel like we know them and that we can trust them, like the better sex we're going to have. And that mm-hmm. can ha- that happens over time. Like, I don't know, maybe like I've had, I don't know, one night stands, if you really stop and think about it, they're great stories. Maybe it was fun, but you know, I was like, oh, I was drunk. I don't really remember. And it's like a great story, but was it not the best sex of your life? Typically right. from like a quickie or something or quickie with or a one night stand or a quickie one night stand. Quickies have to exist in the world, but typically those aren't the best either. I think you need time to warm up. Like I feel like the thing with the quickie sex is that it's exciting, it's fun, you can move, but you're not. I don't know. For me, I'm not gonna have an orgasm like in in six minutes. But it's fun. We can check the sex off the list. I'm not saying that's I'll go for two hours, but you understand what I'm saying. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. Sex in the news. Anything? Any other final final words about that? I'm trying to think. I've been. If you have anything final, but I just think that you guys. Uh, I think it's. I think it's interesting what's happening right now, and I understand it's overwhelming. I do think that stigma of the hookup apps is there, but I mm-hmm. never really understood it because if you could say no hookups, that could work, but no one's got a gun to your head. No one's going to make you hook up with them. It's like I never found that guy. I was like, oh, I thought you came on a date with me. We have to hook up. So I just don't want people to feel that pressure and think like I'm not going to do it because it just means that you think I'm going to hook up because you have a choice. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you do Unless have you a choice. Obviously, like with dating apps and like meeting strange people, you should you know be careful and like do your due diligence on whoever. I, I mean, I think that's important too. Like, do your due diligence, which is also available with you know the internet and things like that. But just like how we have so many options with like the news sites that we look at or where we buy our clothes online yeah. or whatever, like dating is just sort of within that. Um, and so I think we are getting you know more comfortable with it. I think the stigma is going away. I mean, there's so many marriages now and people who have yeah. met online. Like three that to it's, five. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. So, you know, might as well, might as well join true. the party. So true. And I've also heard that like three out of five marriages, this is going to be dark, sorry, but they end because of Facebook. Like I feel like people <laughs> cheating. People find mm. that their partner is, I was going to say get off Facebook and get on the apps if that's what you're going to do. Don't go after someone else's wife or husband. But I've been just hearing these things about like old high school boyfriends mm-hmm. coming back and that relationships are ending. Is that? And I've actually hearing it in, in, in real life. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like with these sort of apps and like when you're looking for the bigger better or with Facebook or whatever it may be, there's always like somebody on the back burner, whether it be like an old flame or if somebody that you're sort of like looking on to to see what's next. I forget what it's called. Oh, I think it's called like a, a cushion. That's the new that term. Sense. Yeah, it's like you you have like a cushion. So if you're starting to feel like you are, you know, get, it's getting rocky with your significant other, people will get themselves like a cushion person to cushion the blow when they break up and they have somebody on the back burner. God, it's so like your safety score or something. Be, be present. Be, be present, present in, be in your relationship. relationship. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's one way to not be present. I could see that. I could see that. Just you guys, yeah, be, if you're in a relationship, like be in it. That's the thing. So many people have like one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. If you're going to spend, like, be efficient, be an efficient dater. If you're in it, like, just be in it. What's that like to be completely present with the person you've chosen to date right now without swiping, without checking out your ex from high school on Facebook? See how that goes. Try that out. Okay, Hannah, you're awesome. Hannah Cranston. We are going to give a shout out to our sponsors now, and then we're going to get on to some emails. I get a lot of emails from my listeners. I would love your help answering the questions. And thank you, everyone, for supporting my sponsors. Um, I love them. And thank you. Um, I hope you do too. We'll be right back. When it comes to intimacy, a little vibration can go a long way. But when you're with a partner, sometimes a full-size toy can be a little distracting. That's why I love the G-Ring from FT London. The G-Ring is a compact toy that you wear on your finger, and then your finger is enhanced with powerful vibrations. There are pretty much no limitations to what you can do with the G-Ring. You can touch him, touch her, touch yourself. Your finger literally becomes a vibrator. It's totally waterproof and rechargeable and has a variety of vibration patterns. The G-Ring can even be used as a remote control for other FT London toys like the G-Plug. It's so cool. The G-Ring is perfect as a first vibrator or as part of any size collection. To order yours or learn more, click on the FT London banner on my site or visit gvibe.com. Hey, want to try some lube for free? Of course you do. Well, my friends at Joe want to send you some. You know Joe makes all the best lubes from their great spring flavors to the organic natural love collection. Now's your chance to not only try my favorite formulas, but to help Joe shape the lubes of the future. All you need to do is join their sample review program. Here's how it works. Go now to systemjoe.com sample, answer a few questions, and Joe will send you your first set of samples. After you've had a chance to try them, take a short survey and share your feedback. That's it. To get started, click on the System Joe banner on my site or visit systemjoe.com sample today. Okay, emails. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, that's amazing. And there are so many ways now you could ask me the questions. Get this, guys. You can text me your question. Text Ask Emily, all one word, to 797979. That's Ask Emily, A S K E M I L Y. Uh, your normal message and data rates apply. You can also submit a question from the sexwithemily.com website just via the Ask Emily tab and do that. You can also leave me a voicemail. You guys, your voicemails haven't been that great. So if you want to leave me, no, it's true. I'm going like, to start leaving you voicemails. You I'm going to call you at like two in Dude, the morning when I have do, like a sex question that I need answered I'll ASAP. You my personal and I'll call line. you. You can, anytime. My you. friends, I do that. Like they know in here, like you're always talking to your friends, giving advice. This is not my personal email. Sorry, Hannah's going to get that. But you guys, leave me a voicemail, 818-ASK-SWE1. And at the beginning, we started this last year and people were like, they were so great. Articulate was like a minute or two. And now they're just, what are they like sex? I don't know what they are. I'm not listening, but they're very long. You could even draft it out first and ask the question, but 
you can be succinct and ask the question and we will read that. So, and no heavy breathing because we'll just delete it. Oh, also include, I got to talk to you about one thing. I just remembered. Include your um, gender, your age, where you live and how you listen to the show. All those things are very important, especially your age. And you can always change your name. I'm cool with that. But we need to know age. It matters. Dick pics. I want to talk about dick pics. So I was just thinking of people with heavy breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... We don't want them. We don't need them. And I get them. I was watching another one of your your think tank videos on mm-hmm. YouTube about like you were joking around, but you're like, I get them. But why? Why are we getting men? We like your penises like in person, but I'm not sitting here ever going, oh, I wish I would get a dick pic right now. Like never happen. Said no girl ever. Said no girl ever. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I, don't, I think it's like a power thing, right? When guys send it to you, the DMs and they're sort of like exposing themselves to you. Uh, so without your like consent, essentially. And you're just sort of like open and DM and you're just like, oh shit. Right. Um, and it's not, it's, we don't like it. Don't you may like have a very lovely I'm sure you penis do. and your lady or male or whomever must may appreciate it. And that's fantastic. But well, we don't, don't really want, need to no, see no. it. There's dick, just, in the, dick in the wild is showing up when you're no. like, oh, you know, look at this nice guy. He's asking me a question about his marriage. Oh, and then there's a dick pic in the next one. We don't want that. But it's funny because my friend was in town this weekend. Um, from Chicago, she's visiting me and um, she's married, has three kids. It was like a getaway weekend. Mm-hmm. So fun. And she, you know, I was doing my my snaps and going through stuff and a dick pic came in and I, I deleted it. She's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, that was a dick. She's like, I saw that. What that was. I'm like, I just deleted it. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then like another one comes. She's like, let's go look for dick pics. And so it was just amazing to her that that's like part of my job. I'm like, well, I don't have to delete all of them. My staff gets a lot of them. Sorry, guys. But also, it's just, I think, so that was a very funny thing. And also, I will block you if you send me dick pics. So well, I'm like, not encouraging it. But I think What's that- the end game? Like, sometimes I get some like, hey, like, check this out. Or like, hey, I live in this state. Like, do you think I'm going to see your like disembodied, like disembodied right. penis and just be like, you know what? Forget this life. I'm moving to Oklahoma. Right. We're going to have a family together and this is going to be happily ever after. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. I'm buying a plane ticket now. I'm out the door. Bye, mom. Yeah, it's really not going to happen. I feel like for a lot of guys, it's like they they love, they're so excited. They're kind of like a, cat, like, a, like a cat or something who brings in like a dead mouse. And they're like, oh, and they come in. If you have a cat, they're like, oh, look at my mouse. Look at my mouse. I'm so mm-hmm. excited that I killed it. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's great. I think men are like, is my penis great? It's so great. I love it. Do you love it? Yeah, but I have a feeling that the guys who are sending DMs or snaps of like peanut, maybe snaps is different, but like DMs, like I am not convinced that they are sending pictures of their own penis every single oh, time. Because point. I've never Stop. seen like a, you know, an, an <laughs> average length penis like set. They're always like absurd. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, like, like just getting them from that's what, porn that's or something. Guess. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't investigate them that, that carefully, but. But you're right. They're never like. I'm not. You know. I get what you're saying. You can tell if it's a different kind of penis. I can't. They're sending like they're 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 um, plagiarizing. What is it called? They're. Uh, I guess they're plagiarizing people's dick pics. Okay, whatever it is. Don't don't steal dick pics. Don't send your own dick pic. Okay, let's get into emails now that we covered that really important subject. And women, you should not send pictures of yourself either, even if they're solicited. Ever. I never have, especially with your face. I think if you want to send a picture and it's like consensual and somebody's asking and you're down for it and you're old enough to not feel like pressure to do what you will. But I feel like don't do it unsolicited. Don't do it unsolicited, but even, okay, so this is a whole other topic, but okay. which I won't get into, but I think even if you're in a relationship or casually dating someone, that it's like this currency, if a guy asks women, like, I should send it, but I just want you to know that the second he gets it, he's going to turn to who's ever next to him and, and show it. Guys, they do that. Yeah, no, I've I, I been mean, there. I've been that person. I'm like, I don't need to see that. Yeah, I think that that women do it is a risk that you, you know, should be willing to to deal with if, right. if to just be so cool happens. with that. Just know that if you send it and it's empowering and you love your body and that's you could send it, but just know that it's not private. Right. So, yeah. I didn't, haven't heard about that. Okay. Would you, you know, we all know what happened with the uh, what was it, the iCloud and all that stuff. So yeah, the fappening. Fappening. Thank you. Hi, Emily. I'm not crazy about sleepovers, and I definitely don't like it when a man cuddles up to me while I'm trying to sleep. When a guy does sleep over and I explain how I don't enjoy cuddling, they think I'm kidding and do it anyways. How can I get it across that I don't want to be touched when I sleep? Better yet, how can I get the guy I'm dating, not seriously, to leave when we are already laying in bed together and it's the middle of the night? I don't want it to come off as I'm just in it for the sex. I just don't do sleepovers. Julia, 22, Florida. So I'm not a big sleepover fan either. Really? Yeah. So I totally get this. 
Um, and I think it's really honestly about having that sort of like open communication. Like with a guy I'm seeing, like we talk openly about like, I just don't sleep as well when there's somebody else in my bed. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. That's nothing against him. That's nothing about me. It's just like, I really, I like you, but I also really like sleep. Well, that's the thing. I think (laughs) Do you tell, so do you guys not do sleepovers or just on the weekends? Every once in a while. Yeah, just on the weekends, not on school nights. Right. No, because you got to put all your yeah. stuff over. And like, I forgot my shoes. You got to run back and forth. But I feel like sleep issues has become a whole thing because I don't feel like sleep issues, have, they've gotten so much worse that people just really are so tight, like need their beds, need their... I really, I feel like I didn't, I never heard questions like this before. And mm. I think like we're not sleeping. I think we're drinking too much coffee with too much anxiety, too much stress. Yeah, that's a possibility too. And I think with like the cuddling thing, cause I used to hate cuddling. It was so not my thing. I felt like it was like stifling. I felt like it was holding me down. But I've found that with the right person, that you start to like it. Yeah. So like with the guy, like I never really liked cuddling. I didn't like being held. I didn't really like any sort of like a lot of physical right. affection. But then with him, like we are so oh. like absurdly like, uh, like physically affectionate with each other and like cuddly. And it was, and it was okay. And it was like natural for both of us. And I like it now. So I think it's like a person thing. It could thing. be a chemistry yeah. thing, a comfort thing. Maybe you like mm-hmm. feel safe with him and you mm-hmm. feel, cause it's an intimacy thing. So Julia, so when you're cuddling, that is, that is a very intimate act. I mean, you're having sex with them, but also cuddling is like, you feel a connection to them and you feel safe and you, you want to be with them. It sounds like none of the, you, you said this guy's not very serious and you want him to leave. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And also not wanting to cuddle or do sleepovers is if that's where you're at right now. But I just think you got to be honest and just say to him, listen, this is so fun. I love having sex with you. I'm not, I really need like, it's just hard for me to sleep with other people in the bed. This has been fun. I I like you. I don't want you to like think about it any other way. I just like really need my sleep. I got to get up early and you know, I'm super psyched to hang out with you and have a good time. Have them go. I mean, let them know ahead of time. So, you know, they're not like taking it back and you're not like kicking them out. You can like let them know this is amazing or tell them no at dinner. Like I got an early day tomorrow. That's what it says. I think you should be upfront. Like, especially as a woman, we're so concerned that our needs are so like absurd or so, you know, excessive and we're going to be called needy. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having your needs and communicating them. I think that's actually really important and being okay and not thinking that you're needy and saying these are totally acceptable. I just, I'm aware of what I need from a relationship. And if you can't fit that, then I'll see you later. I think that's a great point. I mean, Julia, you're 22. I think it's, I, I, I love that. I think that's great practice for you as well because Hannah, I love that point. I think that we're so not comfortable communicating and we put them on the back burner. Mm -hmm. We think like we want to be liked. We're going to be judged because we are often told that we're excessive and we're extreme. And so I think that when it comes to relationships and sex, which is mostly we talk about in the show is we give people permission to ask for what they want and to be okay with it, to feel comfortable that it's it also it's practice because we're not taught how to do this. So Julia, the sooner that you just start saying, "Hey, listen, like I want you to do this like with the guy that you're sleeping with tonight, Julia," I'll just be like, "Hey, so or this weekend, so this was fun. I want you to know that you just and don't explain it. Just be like, I have a hard time sleeping with other people in the bed. This is really fun, but you're gonna have to leave in the morning. Done. Stop talking. State it, and it's gonna get more comfortable, not only in your relationships but in everything else you do. And no apologies. Remember we talked about that yeah, when I no saw apologies. you. No apologies. So, don't say I'm sorry. Don't say I'm sorry. So it's funny. So I'm remembering when I saw you on the show, on your show, I tried, I say that around here too. I, I was like, you guys just, women just automatically say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I really try not to, although I, I still do it, but at least I'm more conscious that I do it. And I think that men are going around, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because we're, so, we're always apologizing because we think we're too much, taking too much space. I just think it's a good practice for women to just, and I know that I've probably done it six times today, perhaps, but I'm working on it. And there was one more thing you told me not to yeah, I remember no, this don't say just just yeah I just think I just wanted da, 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 da. don't that's sort of like I guess I don't know what the, 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 the right word but it essentially is saying that you don't think that what you have to say is worthy of asserting it in a more powerful way exactly and it's like already like yeah. taking a few notches down like I'm just asking because yeah. I wanted to see if it's okay no no, no just no sorries I could end the show now because those are two really good examples, but I'm not going to go ahead. I'm not going to end it, but think about that. And for guys too, if you're saying I'm sorry. Hey, Emily, I recently dove deep into online dating and I'm having a blast. In the past, I've been pretty reserved about my sexual partners, but now I'm ready to try some new things and not be such a prude. I recently met a guy and hooked up with him after three hours of meeting and two glasses of wine. Before I knew it, he was going down on me, which was great. But when it came to my turn to go down on him, I got nervous. I'm super paranoid about STDs. So when it comes to doing the deed, I always use a condom, but it feels awkward to use when during a blowjob. So my questions are, is there any way to bring up STDs to a guy you just met without completely killing the mood? 
Are condoms necessary in general? What am I at? What What am I risking not using one for a blowjob? If I go down on a guy without a condom, have I already exposed myself to whatever he might be carrying to negate condom use for sex? Natalie, twenty nine, Hawaii. Okay, Natalie, you do got to bring this up because talking about safe sex, I think, is is so important. And again, something that you got to practice. It's not easy. None of us want to talk about it. I get it. We're in the mood, and it can be a buzzkill. So I think that you got to bring it up. When you, not on the first date, but when you know things are going to get like, you know, could happen that night, or you're going to, oh, God, this was hot one date. Heavy. Always have it, going to get hot and yeah. heavy, heavy petting. So my mom always says, heavy petting, <laughs> would you guys heavy petting in the backseat? So I think that be prepared, I guess, bring your own condoms, which is great. I love skin condoms. They're amazing. And yeah, yeah I mean, what do you here, think about here's this? what I think. So like, if you, whenever you want to have sex, I am all for it, right? Like as long as it's consensual and you feel like in a great mood, like do your thing, girl. But you're also like about to let a person inside of your body or put their body part inside of your mouth. So if you are not comfortable enough to talk about whether they have a sexually transmitted disease, I don't think you should be comfortable enough to let their body part inside of you wherever you put it. Right. Absolutely. That's that's a great. That's, that's my that's that my is thing. A great, so right. So how would you, how have you done in the past? When do you bring it up? I bring it up before we have sex. I have never had a sexual relation with a man uh, without asking about his STI history and sexual history before. And then does he, if he's like, no, I'm clean, do you trust him and then go without a condom? No. Have you always used condoms? Pretty um, much. Yeah, I've pretty much always used That's condoms. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I, think, I, I think they respect, they, maybe guys are hoping you're not going to ask, but you have to, uh, like, really, like, they, if they don't ask, it's not because. It's probably because guys are like, oh, it feels better without that. It doesn't matter. Like, how does it feel with an STD? So yeah. you can't tell by looking and you can do your best and ask about the history. And what you could get is here's the other thing, you guys, I don't want to bring it down, but you can get STDs from a blowjob. Mm-hmm. You can. And from oral sex, you can get like HPV, chlamydia, gonorrhea. So you want to protect yourself. I get that dental dams and condoms during blowjobs don't sound fun. I don't think that a lot of people do that. But you could. You could wrap a dental dam around it or a condom. But I, I get that you, you know, I don't know anyone who really does that, to be honest. Yeah. But that is, the, I hope if you are really that concerned about it, then you absolutely should. But definitely, definitely during intercourse. And no, if you give them a blowjob without a condom, it doesn't mean that you should, oh, I'm safe now because whatever you're going to get from the blowjob, you're not going to get from intercourse. It's not true. Yeah. So you can still, like, there's, semen, there's more of it inside of you. There's more things that can happen than just contracting it through your mouth. So... Just, just use condoms. Just bring them with you and ask it. I'm telling you, the guy's there. He's with you. He wants to have sex with you. And if he's, guess what? If he's turned off by the fact that you brought it up, his history and using condoms, he's not the guy for you. Right. And also, like, if you think about it, like a guy, if he has the choice whether to, like, have sex or get head with a condom versus not at all, I think they're probably going to choose the former. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Guys love the head. <laughs> they love the head of just whispering. Okay, um, great. So uh, thank you, Natalie. Okay, dear Emily, my wife and I have been married for over 15 years. We didn't talk about sex as in not even saying the word sex. That is until I was ready to leave the relationship. I guess we both figured we had nothing to lose at that point. Once we actually talked about it, I discovered that my wife felt like I bullied her into having sex every time we did it for about 10 years. Needless to say, she doesn't enjoy it. However, we both want to stay in the relationship. I'm a little mad at her for not speaking up, although in her defense, I probably wouldn't have listened. But I'm also furious with myself for being so selfish and for not picking up on the signs, which seems so obvious in hindsight. I want her to have a good, healthy view of sex again and of our relationship in general. How do I even begin? Thanks, J38, Texas. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a tough one. I think women have this like really messed up view of sex because we're told for so long that we're like not supposed to enjoy it. And if we do, we're a slut and all these like silly things. And so that when you get in a relationship and you get married or whatever, then all of a sudden you're supposed to be obsessed with it. And so it's like you get so many mixed messages before and then you're supposed to to turn around and have a completely different viewpoint. So you're obviously going to have like some complexes about sex. And I think it's really important to have sort of that open communication and be like, you know, listening to to sex with Emily so that you can. Yeah. So that you can like learn how to have those conversations and figure out what works for her and how you can feel like you're having sex and everybody's like super excited about it. I know, it. exactly. That is interesting about how we're brought up that we have to always like it and then we don't and we're so confused about sex. I mean, my thing is that we just 
here's the thing, Jay, is that we are not taught to prioritize sex in relationships, which is something that I, I talk a lot about in the show is that we talk about everything else with our partners. We talk about buying a house together and should we raise children and what religion should we raise them and what color couch should we get? But, but sex is something that he did not utter for 15 years in his relationship because we don't know how, just like we don't know how to talk about STDs. And so I'm just saying like, you got to start talking about it early on, right away. It's never, it's never ever too soon to talk about it. But what I love about this um, email, Jay, is I just want to thank you because a lot of people can probably really, they'll really benefit from your story because I think they can relate to sex kind of going, you know, falling by the wayside after 15 years. But what I love about you, Jay, is that he was able to see his part in it. And I saw your internal struggle here because you're like, I, I'm mad at her for not telling me, but yet I feel like, you know, I feel bad that I bullied her. And I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. So that, mm-hmm. that was like a very mature statement, Jay. So like, I love that. And I understand that you feel selfish and how you let it happen, but you're so not alone because it's very rare and very remarkable that you've come to this place. So now it's all about repair because there's been a lot of stuff that, you know, I want to say there's been some damage that's been done and it's hard to pick up and say, okay, we talked about sex, you know, let's start having sex again. I just love that you guys are talking about it. And the, the reason why a lot of couples stop having sex is because, well, for a million reasons, they don't talk about it, but also resentments build up. So it sounds like she, you know, it could be something from years ago. It could be not even just one thing, but maybe she felt bullied and then she told you and then you like did it again. And then she just, she's like, I'm not, I'm just going to avoid it. Cause you're saying, let's have sex tonight. Why are you, why are you on your phone the whole time? You don't want to have sex with me. I mean, I don't know how you bullied her. I'm sure it was like a verbal bullying and it made her feel bad about herself. And so there's other issues at play when people stop having sex, typically it's because it's a symptom of something else. So it's not just like the sex was horrible. It's like maybe she, you guys have kids and she was, you know, stressed out and who knows what. But I just want you to know, you guys aren't going to be able to snap your fingers and you're going to start having this mad, passionate sex again. I'm just telling you, like, I'm telling you how it is. But I think it's important for you guys to go back and remember the connections that you had at the beginning because we all love that honeymoon phase, like that early part when things were so amazing. And it's really hard to get, you're never going to get back to those first six months to to 12 years, to 12 years, to to two years, because that's kind of biology speaking. But you can get back to getting to know each other again. Like I would say to you, Jay, take sex off the table for like a month. The two of you, I know that seems like crazy, but you've been having, you know, not a lot of sex the last 15 years anyway. And you can start to kind of get to know each other again. Like if you take sex off, and I think this works for a lot of couples when sex becomes a problem, but especially for you guys, start kissing, start the foreplay, start like doing massages and exploring like what other erogenous zones are like your kids, like you're just sort of not kids, but you're newlyweds or you're just starting to explore again because you can kind of channel that excitement again. Like you know that having, I'm telling you, you can't have sex. So it's like the forbidden. So now you got to focus on her breasts and you got to focus on different erogenous zones. Maybe you didn't know that her left nipple was more sensitive than her right nipple. So just slow it down. Take the pressure of sex off. Go back to kissing. Like kissing is the first thing. Dating. Like take her on a like romantic date night and try to connect and communicate and start the communication that's like not around sex first. And then that'll slowly lead to something that's more physical. But like she needs to feel connected to you emotionally first, I think before physically, and then feel like she can open up about talking about what works for her and what doesn't work for her. Right. No, I think that's a great, that's a, all these things matter. Dating, getting out of the house, taking vacations, vacation sex is great. Like taking time away. Yeah. Maybe go on dates, special dates once a week and don't have sex. Like that start to bring that. Now, if you guys can't get past this stuff, Jay, like, cause 15 years is a long time for these resentments to build. You might need some therapy. Nothing wrong with that. I think every couple in a long-term relationship, need a little therapy. You need someone else to come in and say, hey, you guys have been having the same fight for 10 years. Here's another way to think about it. Boop. And they do that. So again, no stigma with therapy. So great advice there. Hannah, thank you, Jay. Let me know how it goes. And um, Jay, I'm glad you guys made it this point. So it's just going to get better from here. I promise. Can we have a virgin question? Dear Emily, I'm a 25-year-old virgin. I've been a very sexual person. I enjoy watching porn and I masturbate regularly but I have delayed having intercourse until I was with a person who I was comfortable enough with. I'm crazy in love with my boyfriend and I know this is the person who I want to have sex with for the first time. He knows my personal story and is very understanding and accommodating. While I know my body well in terms of sexual gratification from my solo experience, I really don't know what to expect from a partner. What advice can you give me? Love the podcast. Faithful Lister Lily, age 25, Miami. Lily, I love you. I really was reading this. I'm like, I want to hug Lily. You're amazing because I'm sure you're a loyal listener because you took the time 
to get to, to know your own body. And this is what I always tell women and men, you guys think you know your body. You probably don't as well as you could. But for women especially, we think someday my prince will come and so will I. I'll be with this guy. The orgasms <laughs> are going to flow. And it doesn't always work that way. So I want to help reframe your question because she's asking, what can I expect from it? And I don't think it's about what to expect from a partner. I think it's more about what do you both want? which is something for you both to discuss because when you have these expectations of having sex for the first time and you think it's going to be like unicorns and flowers and amazing, like eh, typically no, not the first time I don't time know experience. anybody who's had that experience right? for their first time. No. Do you remember, like, do you... How, yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, you know, especially if you're like younger or whatever it may be, you know, it's, it's, it's awkward. It's, not, it's awkward. It's like awkward. it's not going to be right. But so, it's awesome that she's already comfortable with her body. I think that's something that's a huge I issue is like when when you're not comfortable enough with your own body and then you're like next to somebody else who's naked and they're not comfortable with their body. It's just like, oh my it's God, a disaster. It's, like a tra- <laughs> it is, it's a disaster. It's like, where do these parts go? I totally, I totally got it. And so I think like use a condom. Go slow. Go really slow. Like do all that. You said you've been very sexual. Do all that stuff. Like I don't just jump right into the sex. Talk about it about ahead of time about what you what you guys both want. But it sounds like, you know, he's your boyfriend and you're with him. I mean, I think that you're in a good place because acting what to expect. Again, expectations are what, what really hurt us a lot. We have these expectations that we think it's going to be amazing or all these things. The fireworks are going to go off. Like I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably not going to happen. So really just reframe. Like, what do you guys both want from it? Make sure you use protection. You have so much. I think you have so much control over that, right? Like, if you are comfortable with your body, like, and you have these quote unquote expectations, like, show your man what you like or tell him what you like, and then you can sort of like have a have a pretty big role in what the outcome. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The outcome. Who's coming? I mean, I love this because that's. I always talk about mutual masturbation. Is it great? You can just show him, be like, babe, because he probably doesn't know. I mean, even if he's had sex before, I'm telling you, guys of all ages have no idea. And every woman's body is different. We're like snowflakes. So if you put a hundred women in a room and they're all masturbating, they would all be doing something different. Their fingers would be moving in different directions. They might be using inside, outside, lube, no lube, toys, who knows? But it's all different. So there's no way he could know your body for all of us. And but for Lily, so I would say show him. You're in the moment. And you're like, oh, I remember this feels good for masturbation. Like, move that way. Put his hands where they need to be. It'll be great. That's going to be a good time. Okay, we've got another question here about porn. Hi, Emily. I love your show, and I'm actually listening to you now. I'm happily married. We have amazing sex and always have, and lots of lube on the nightstand. Backstory. I've been masturbating since I was a little girl. I love it, and I've always been super in touch with my body and pleasuring myself. Even married, I make plenty of time for self-love. I love porn and watch fairly regularly with and without my partner. During this past year, I've been watching a more dominating genre of porn than I ever imagined I'd be attracted to. I've always enjoyed girl on girl, but now all I want to watch is aggressive domination of women. My orgasms are so much stronger and I get super wet when I watch this more taboo porn. As soon as I have an orgasm, I immediately want to close my laptop because I feel terrible about what I'm watching. I would never want a man to do these things to me in real life, but I can't help but being turned on by this. Is this normal? Why do I love it so much? Thanks for touching on such unique questions and allowing for a safe space to ask them. Communication is a lubrication. Warm wishes, Ashley. Uh, Ashley, this is a really great question. I think a lot, I talk a lot about fantasies and porn and all this stuff. And there's a lot of fantasies that we have or things we watch in porn that we don't actually want to happen in real life. Yeah, I think that's, that's I think that's like the biggest thing for people to remember is that your fantasies don't necessarily mean that that's what you want to live out in life. So from that article, I mean, from that uh, question, it sounds like she's in a heterosexual relationship, right? So girl on girl. I don't know if you necessarily want to live that out in life, but that's not as stigmatized or you don't feel as like dirty as, you know, watching something that's more like uh, dominating. So I think you can just like approach it in the same way. It's just because you don't want to, something turns you on doesn't mean you necessarily want to live it out or you should feel like dirty about it. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of different kinds of porn, you know, there's- What kind of porn do you watch? You said we could talk about this. So, so- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, well on think tank we cover a lot of different kinds of porn than what different people are into yeah. right so like incest porn is really popular there's clown porn there's giant test porn like i think people who are watching this don't necessarily want to have relations with their mother no. right but there's some like something about it some like freudian thing or whatever it may be that turns them on they don't necessarily want to have sex with a giant like that's not even no. a realistic <laughs> right. sexual outcome but the thing is is that these you know you can't really you know 
decide what turns you on. Right. And so that's okay to be turned on what it is, by what you are and accept yourself. Don't judge yourself. Just Right. Don't. That's the thing. It's this shame and this guilt. Yeah. Which I always hear from a lot of men actually like, oh, I masturbate and then I feel awful after and I like shut the laptop. So that's funny to, to hear. Not funny, but interesting. I mean, to hear this, Ashley, because I just want you to know there's a lot of shame that we all like hold around sex that we're, you know, could come from religion, from childhood. We just feel bad about it. We feel like we respect our partners and are we cheating on them with porn? But I think that actually fantasy Having a healthy fantasy, have, having a healthy fantasy life is a cornerstone of having really great sex life. It's really important to be able to like think sexy thoughts and get yourself in the mood for sex. And I love that you're masturbating. So I feel like you know it, this is kind of an extension of the the whole like domination thing, like Fifty Shades of Grey, for example. Women loved it. Why? It's not because they wanted to date Christian Grey per se. They didn't want to be in a dungeon and be hurt, but they kind of liked the idea of being taken by a man. A man like lusts after you so badly he has to do everything just to have you. It's kind of like that, that whole, like we want to just be taken. We want to be worshipped and adored and all that. So it's not, it's, it, this is very common for women to be into this kind of porn, Ashley. So there's really nothing wrong with it. It just, it doesn't mean that, you know, necessarily that, you, like I said, that you want it. And also, you, if this is something that you're interested in, some kind of like domination, but not necessarily what you're seeing, you can easily like use handcuffs, try a blindfold, you know, watch it with your partner and be like, that was cool. And there's might be some of this that I want to take away. Like maybe there's part of it that you you do want. But if you don't, it, that doesn't matter either. I just think it's actually that great that you found some things that really turn you on and that are intensifying your sex life and will also bode well for your regular sex, for your sex life beyond masturbation. It's healthy to have things to pull up. There's a lot of women who are like, I don't know what turns me on. So I think you're in a good case scenario, Ashley, and um, totally normal. That's why you love it. You're fine. Keep on going, Ashley. It's awesome. That's what we got time for, Hannah. You're awesome. Thank you so much for this having is- me on the show. This was so fun. I know. It's really fun. Really fun having you here. You're amazing. You're doing great work. Everybody has to check you out all over. Hannah Cranston. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, YouTube. Come say hi on Instagram or Twitter at Hannah Cranston yep. and then on Facebook there, at yeah. Hannah Cranston host. Exactly. So I'll be on the site. Check out. We're going to do a little video right now. Check this all out. Thank you everyone for listening to the show. I love you all. It's been so great. You guys, thanks to all of our new listeners. We've had so many great new listeners. Hearing from you has been amazing. And thank you to my amazing team. And thanks everyone for listening. Was it good for you? Email me. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. I've been so excited to welcome a ton of new listeners, not just because it's great to see the Sex with Emily family grow, but because I can introduce you all to the one product that changed the sex toy world, the Magic Wand. The Magic Wand appeared on the scene more than 30 years ago as the premier massage wand, and it's been the worldwide bestseller ever since. There's a reason they call it magic. It's perfect for any intimate occasion, from solo use to mutual masturbation to couples play. It will make your orgasm better than you can imagine. And don't be surprised if you have more than one. Whether you choose the proven power of the corded original or the portable pleasure of the Magic Wand Rechargeable, there's nothing like this iconic masterpiece. Yes, I just called a vibrator iconic, but I mean it. So if this is the first time you're hearing about the Magic Wand, welcome to the party. Get yours today by clicking on the Magic Wand banner on my site or by visiting magicwandoriginal.com.